It's me. Why is my why am I announcing myself? Because it's still a budget issue, uh, and I can pay for myself. Hi, friends. Welcome back to another episode of Ketten Goes Live, the fifth in an ongoing series. Though I will say right here at the top, we talk about it. Might take a, a, a little break because of some travel coming up and an unexpected switch in our schedule. We alternate every other week for the afternoons, and uh, last week uh, you might have noticed no afternoons and. Uh, I'm back this week. Um, special guest coming up. One of the reasons I am here this week, we booked this a bit ago. We're going to talk about that. We'll talk about the miracle of actually booking something so far in advance and then it actually comes true. That doesn't, that doesn't happen, especially in this town. Some housekeeping up top to talk about here. Uh, we have uh, got something coming very soon, very shortly. It is our Kickstarter. Mmm. What are we going to kickstart? Glad you asked if you didn't know. It's Futility, the actual game of living the board game. You uh, kind of watched us play and uh, develop over the last few months here on the Good People Association. It is coming very soon. We're putting the final touches. We should say... As it says in the fine print below, all pictures shown are for illustration purposes only. Actual product may vary. We've already made some subtle changes, and they're great changes. Sebastian and his team down there in Uruguay helping us put together that wonderful uh, little Kickstarter coming your way very soon. Don't forget we also have the Podcast Network, too. You can find our podcasts wherever podcasts are podcasted. Uh, Good People Association, where this show is also fine, uh, found. Uh, uh, the Afternoons with Josh, Ken, and Amanda, and Cast. Talk. My Game of Thrones Song of Ice and Fire podcast is back up and running. Third episode back. We are back in the middle of the, um, uh, the rewatch where I am in season three, uh, episode three. We just did Walk of Punishment. I love going in on the themes and the lessons of uh, Game of Thrones on, a, on just a micro level, looking back at the show all through the years and seeing how it lines up and leads to what came in season eight, which is one of my favorite seasons of the show. So join me for that adventure. I mentioned I'm traveling. That's going to take us to the top of the show. It's the top of the show. It's the top of the show. It's the beginning of Ken's Weird Show. That Kaika, did you like that? Yeah. Oh, that's good. That's fine. I don't know what that was. <laughs> I'm going to check. I'm going to check what's in here. I got our guest dancing. Mm. Mm. Got him dancing. So, uh, yeah, I'm doing some traveling soon. I'm going, um, and that's a weird thing to say right now because I, I, I'm still very careful. I'm a vaccinated, masked person when I need to be and should be, and um, I'll get a booster shot. Give me 12 shots. I don't care. Uh, I'm get, I'm very grumpy. At even fa- I've cut off some family members who aren't vaccinated. Don't talk to them anymore. Why? You have no empathy for me, so I no longer have empathy for your idea of what to do. Oh, Ken's grumpy today. But that's because I had to deal with something last week in family. Uh, but I'm traveling. I'm traveling carefully. And I'm heading out to Viva Las Vegas very soon. And it got me just kind of thinking, contemplating, reflecting on why I love Las Vegas so much. Ikaika Shively, do you love Las Vegas? I've been there once. I had fun. You've been there once. You had fun. I'll take that. A lot of people don't like Vegas. And I'm not here to convince anyone to love Vegas if you don't love Vegas. I 
Love Las Vegas. And it's, I, I do a lot of people watching. I'll play the slot machines. I'll do some day drinking. That's about it. Nothing fantastic. No crazy hangover adventures. Uh, I don't, uh, you know, uh, I, I don't go even to the tables. I stick with the slots, like Elvis slots, Game of Thrones slots, Lord of the Rings slots. I, I, I go pretty simple when it comes to Las Vegas. But I just find that, I just find that, uh, Las Vegas frees me personally. It's, I get very, I, I'm most, I'm introspective and reflective in life. And I think a lot of you out there might agree with that. Yeah, you know, we, I, I listen to sad bastard music because I'm always looking on the inside to find the truth about myself. I think once I get to Vegas, all that get, goes out the window at Prim, State Line, which has Buffalo uh, Bills Casino there too. It's got some great pulled pork if you're in the market for pulled pork, which right now I'm not. Um, I just, it all goes out the window, and I kind of become the person I dream about being. And Sin City is the name of the city, and I'm not advocating sin. I'm just saying I take away some of the boundaries, some of the barriers I put around myself in, in the regular time, in the regular days, out here in beautiful, sweaty, very sweaty today, Burbank, California. And I'm, I'm going to study that a little bit more. And I'll come back and find out uh, what I find about what Vegas does, why it frees me up to be... Uh, I don't want to say the person I was born to be. That sounds weird. That sounds too deep for slot machines. But I'm actually really excited. I feel I've been uh, pent up, kept up. We all have for the last year and a half. And I've had a little uh, excursions here and there. But I'm so excited to go to Las Vegas for a vacation, to get away for the first time in like two years. Because sometimes you need to go to the desert to find yourself. It might be Joshua Tree or, for me, Caesar's Palace, a drink, and the slot machines. I don't have any other deep thoughts on that. Just one guy telling my story. Hopefully, it connects with all of you. We are about ready to have our guests come in. But before we do, it is the return of my favorite segment of all time. It's another edition of the Robbie Minute. Everybody gets angry, hurt, frustrated, and disappointed. But how do you go about getting out of your feelings. Has someone in your life left you feeling some type of way? Sometimes it helps just to tell them, to get your feelings off your chest and let them know how they've made you feel. I feel for us to continue our friendship, I need to tell you that you really hurt my feelings yesterday. I am the king. I will punish you. Oh, f off. And if that's not possible, sometimes all you need is just a good friend to talk to, a shoulder to lean on. I just don't understand. This floppy-haired has 40,000 views for one video. My video has three views, and one of them's from my mother, and she's been dead for two years. It's just not fair. I don't get it. What does he have that I don't have? He's young, hung and hot. You are middle-aged and barely room temperature. And sometimes you just have to sit in your feelings. Have your moment, get everything out of your system, and then you gotta carry on. Oh, oh. Sorry. Oh, off. And this has been your Robbie Minute. Oh, my God, I love Robbie. Robbie Smith is one of my favorite human beings on the planet. He, he went through a lot just to get that video. He put his heart and soul into that video. Robbie Smith, the Robbie Minute goes on. All right, without further ado, you can kind of see him lurking over my shoulder. I'm so happy to have this man on the show today. We've been working to get this done. Please welcome, already seated because he's so just wonderful. we got to get him comfortable. It is 
Phil Moore. Hey, what's up, Ken? Phil, how you doing, man? This is I've been dreaming about this day. Well, dude, you're the dude that like I know like from afar. You know, <laughs> we would see each other. Yeah. back at the schmoes, and you'd be talking, and I do yeah. my I do my Ken Napsack impression. Here we what, go. What's, yeah. Introducing first. There we go. <laughs> uh, but having a real sit down and like just yeah. getting to chill and hang. This is uh, a lot of fun. Now, um, I'll, I'll talk about the connection first. Your son, David Moore, who has been on this channel, great filmmaker, great young filmmaker oh, coming up. Uh, just a sweetheart of a, of a gentleman. Oh, but, man. Love, love, love him like a son. That's a good, that's a good thing. <laughs> what if that was the breaking news? Uh, don't care much for him. Uh, he's been on the Positivity Report, been on my old show, The Knapsack Files. And uh, I always joke, I said, David, you are not, I, you're not a package deal with your father, but I met you both together, and I just kind of connect you all together. Yeah. But I've always wanted to have you on. Uh -huh. So, David, if you're watching, get out of here, okay? <laughs> this is your dad's day. Um this no, he, he's taking over, man. He's take, he's The spotlight is now kind of went boom, and it's on him, deservingly <laughs> so. He's doing, like, huge things. I'm so proud of him. He, I, I'm proud of him, too, and and and, and uh, hopefully one day I'll be able to, you know, he can hire me as a driver or something like that. <laughs> going That's the thing. I'm getting to that point now where I'm going to be calling him going, so you got any work, son? <laughs> <laughs> Children are our future. Exactly. And, uh, you know, and, it's and, good. and our meal ticket. And, no. And, ah, oh. no. Ooh. Phil Moore is a, sta is a <laughs> stage dad. That's who we go today. No, first things first. You've been doing some traveling. I, I I don't know. I don't want to get into. I don't know if you can't even talk about some of the stuff you. I can work. talk about everything. You can't. You just were in Hawaii producing right. something over there. You're you're you do a lot of producing. We're gonna talk about your hosting past, but you were out in Hawaii working. Right. Tough, tough, Phil. <laughs> Well, let me tell you something. Phil. First of all, for everybody keeps telling me that. You know, yeah. I, I came back. As a matter of fact, I was talking to David and the other night, and I was saying, like, man, I'm so glad to be back being stuck in Hawaii. And he's like, stuck in Hawaii. So I know. I, I sound very Hillary Banks right now. I know. <laughs> but <laughs> first of all. First of all, great fresh Prince reference. Thank you very Cheers much. to that. Okay. So, so as long as I've been in this business, which has yep. been like over 30 years, yeah. I, I've never been away from home for mm. two months. I was doing a, a CBS show. I was producing a CBS show called Love Island. I was yeah. a challenge producer. I wasn't dealing with all of the, the craziness, reality, and the house the stuff. The drama? It's just the games. You okay. know, I'm a game guy. Yeah. Started with Nickelodeon, yeah. here I am now. Uh, and so, uh, but for me, I'd never been, like, away for two months at a time. So I'm sitting over there, like, you know, getting, like, yeah. you know, sitting in the room rocking. And yeah. because of COVID, yeah. you have to stay in your group of people. So it's not like you can really go out and enjoy the island. Uh, we hung out twice, yeah. 4th of July. And then uh, we wrapped on a Friday, we yeah. hung out on Saturday, and then I flew back. See you didn't really get to fully experience it. And no. you just met our, our technical director here, Ikaika Shifley. We call him the, the prince of the islands. He is, uh, he's got uh, Hawaii in his blood and uh, his veins. Ikaika, are, 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 you, are you heartbroken that he didn't get to experience the beauty of that culture in that land? Yeah, I'm, I'm a little sad. Well, let me say what. Did I, you at least get to eat some good food? Dude, I went to, I went to Pineapples. And uh, ate a bunch of stuff there. I had a beer in a pineapple, which is interesting. Yep. They, like, carve it out, and then they pour the Ooh. beer in. And then you drink it, so it tastes like citrusy, which is really okay. cool. Uh, okay. So that was sort of like a, a cool little island thing I did. Uh, and I went to Black Sand Beach twice. I'm like, okay. Black Man, Black Sand. Yeah, yeah. I'm in. <laughs> Finally, we've sunk we've synced up the beach. We have overcome. <laughs> <laughs> Ikaika, wait a minute. Is it that this pineapple beer sounds like a trick that they're like, maybe the the uh, the mainlanders will just pay a lot of money for this drink that's not even the, something we enjoy. Is, it, is this true, Ikaika? I've never heard of this, but I'm oh, sure it's it's good. It sounds good. Okay, well, I was on uh, I was on a big island of uh, Hawaii in Hilo, yeah. Yeah. and there's a place there called Pineapples, 
and it's all outdoors. You know, yeah. like it's, it's I mean not outdoors, it's indoors, but the walls. No place has walls there. That's another weird yeah. thing. Like okay. you know, you go inside, but I like, like walls. there's no walls. Like it, they slide them in at night to lock up, and they slide it back. But the, other than that, no walls. See, I'm struggling with that because I am not very uh, not a very open person, Phil. Uh-huh. Just as a person, like I, once I get to know you, you're in. You're right. in. You're, you're jumped in. I'm jumped in. I love you to the end of the days. But uh, other than that, like I need a wall around me. Uh, yeah, well, around my heart. Around right. my soul. That might be a challenge for me. Don't go to Hawaii. <laughs> I'll get there. Everything is like get out there. and open. So how, did you, how did you mentally get through that? It sound, I know where it sounds like we're making a joke. Oh, you're stuck in Hawaii, but it's work that's different. And then you aren't getting to experience it in any, in, in any kind of quote-unquote fun way. You're, you're, you're stuck with yourself. I, how did and, you get through no, that? It's just myself and the four other people. Like, yeah. that's it. Now, imagine, imagine like you love your family. Sure. Okay? But imagine you have to stay in a room with them you have to travel together because COVID still going on yeah. matter of fact you know I, I think the governor's talking about shutting the island back down and right. blocking off tourists again right so we got out of dodge just in time just in time just in took time. the last helicopter for out. real it was yeah. like, but I, and we left like you know 4077 on the ground as we flew away <laughs> man uh, man okay so you've made a, a fresh prince of bella reference and the mash series finale reference this is why we're friends dude that's why i'm there that's i'm right there with you. Yeah. I, I looked at david and i said i know what you like ken he's got my uh pop culture reference is down. That's why you like it, man. <laughs> you're, you're the only one I know that's ever referenced the final moment of MASH. God, I, I could make out with you right now. I, could, I got lip balm. <laughs> Let's Hang do on, it. let me go get uh, <laughs> I was just true. on Love Island. All they do is kiss. Uh, uh, I'll, <laughs> I'll take the challenge. Uh, so that's spectacular. So, you, you know, yeah, you are, you are, you're with your, your close, well, close workmates. So we say close friends. That's yeah. not true. No. I mean, maybe, hopefully you got to enjoy right. something. Uh, one, I only knew one guy. Okay. Uh, we worked together on some stuff in Nickelodeon in the past. But everybody else was brand new. And, again, they're, they're keeping you in your bubble for, yeah. for safety reasons. And so, you know, you have to eat with them. You, if you go out somewhere, like even when we want the pineapples, our group has to go. We've got to make sure we've got the, the corner, corner table. It's yeah. so on the far outermost, you know, the outer rim yeah. of, of pineapples uh, and, and or wherever we ate. Yeah. And, uh, and and you kind of have to watch. It's like, hey, you guys are fun. This is great. Hey, I'm in Hawaii. This is great. I want to go home right now. <laughs> Please take me back to Burbank. When it got to, like, six, week six and seven, it was like, I'm yeah. twitching, you know. But yeah. uh, you got through. You found yourself, and you came back just in time to celebrate a birthday. Yeah, I did. And oh. it, it was really sucked for me was I missed Dave. It's Dave's birthday happened oh. while I was still on the island. Yeah, that's right. That's true. Right. And I but think I, I sent him a text. Yeah, but I, I got back sent him from a massage. Yeah. <laughs> I uh, I got, got back, back just in time for mine. Yeah, <laughs> and uh, it was great. The first day, yeah. got in uh, on a Sunday. Monday, spent all day over at his mm. place, nice. and and then and then the rest of the week. Last week, I just spent with you know other family, and then uh, this Monday, just getting back down to grindstone, which is. One of the reasons I was a little bit late rolling up in no. here. I thought I was going to have time to hang out, but no, no. I, you know, I got a call about doing something else. We'll we'll hang out at Seven Eleven afterwards. We'll All get a right. slice of pizza. Start and hot dogs, um, baby. Oh, it's the best. <laughs> um, before I, I dive into your past, which has uh, some of the stuff I really want to talk about, I I want to talk about uh, as much as you want about your current birthday. Are you do you share what number it is? Yeah, I don't care. I'm, I'm kind of like it's you're owning kind of exciting. it. Exciting, yeah, I'm kind of owning exciting. it. Exciting, yes, that's I, an exciting word. Well, it, it's exciting and new. Climb aboard, climb aboard. Bam, respecting you, the Lord. Soon we'll be making another show. Um. Anyway, <laughs> hey, great Isaac. Oh, uh, nobody's getting this. <laughs> Finally, anyway, um, finally, yeah. I found my audience. Phil Moore, <laughs> I have all your albums. Um, I just uh, 
on Tuesday, yeah. uh, this past Tuesday, I just turned 60 years old. 60. Yeah. 6 yeah. Phil, I wouldn't, uh, I, other than I know you have a, a son and I, you know, kind of know his age, I wouldn't have guessed you were anything like under, uh, f- like over, anything over 52. Which is why it's dope to tell people, you know, 60 yeah. is the new 52. Uh, how so. does that, how has you, what, 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 has, has there any been, a, has there been any number in your life age-wise that it scared you? Nope. No. Nope. Nope. 30, 40, 50, nope. 60. Nope. Wow. Nope. And, and, uh, Explain and, behind that. And, uh, well, here's the thing. The reason why, okay, 30, 20s, uh, the 20s were great because yeah. then I could finally do stuff. You know, you're heading mm-hmm. toward 21, boom, you can right. do stuff, right? Yeah. Uh, 30 was monumental because um, right when I was about to turn 30, that's mm. when my television career started with Nickelodeon. Boom, boom, which, boom, you know, yeah. again, when people think, try to do the math, and like, how old are you? Yeah. Uh, when they watched me back on Nick Arcade, I was 28 going on 29. I was wow. really an older guy. Yeah. Most people thought I was about 18. Yeah, you know? but nowadays they tell you to retire. Get out of here. Exactly. But I mean, yeah. now basically, if you if you can pull it off, yeah. uh, you know, why not just go for it and keep doing what you're doing? Doing it. Yeah. Um, so, um, so that was exciting because I was entering in this whole new career. I was a new dad. Mm-hmm. I had a little toddler at home yeah. uh, starting this really cool thing i had a tv show so that was going in the 30s yeah uh 40s uh was i was about to transition from being on camera into working behind the scenes which i do now okay so that was exciting it was it was about doing something new i was like yeah. always kind of moving forward seeing how i can reinvent myself and add something new not just to the resume but to mm-hmm. my life experience so i basically i was trying to make my own self a human swiss army knife oh i can do this <laughs> oh i can do that and i can do it you can do it this and you can do it that. you know what I mean? i'm just the uh, uh cork bottle opener <laughs> Part of the, uh, <laughs> let's talk about that transition there. That's I love this idea. How much of it was uh, your choice? How much of it was any kind of circumstance? We all might face that. I think we're in a different era. I should be able to talk about Star Wars as long as I want, but I got told at some previous jobs, too old, we're not bringing you in. You're not getting shows. Yeah. That's just the name of the game. I understand it. Whatever. You can only fight against it so much. Did you, that transi- transition, 30, 40, producing, how much was you? How much was I better make do of what's coming my way? Um, most of it was not really me, and most of it wasn't really the industry. It was sort of like a weird sort of situation like we are now with COVID. Yeah. It was the world. Um, my, I made that transition uh, in 2001. When, yeah. when 9-11 happened. Yeah, we're 20 and years out. Exactly. So so I made the transition. Uh, I was, uh, well, actually, let me back up. Yeah. I wasn't trying to make the transition. I'd gotten an agent out in California. Right. Uh, I was still living in Florida, but I was flying out here, spending, you know, three or four weeks at a time, going out on meetings, met, like, the top yeah. of the top. And 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 I booked. A, I ended up getting a, a job uh, hosting a show on Animal Planet, which no one ever heard of, but it was like, yay, yeah. things are moving right. in the right direction. And yeah. then, boom. The world came to a halt with the terrorist attack. And mm. and anybody who knows the business knows that, you know, the industry yeah. came to a screeching it did. halt. Yeah. I mean, it was a different circumstance. Like like COVID, it came to a screeching halt. But the industry came to a halt. A lot of movies were pulled back. They, the mm-hmm. original Spider-Man trailer right. was pulled when it, with a that, helicopter. That the two was towers. In, right, yeah. the two towers. So the world, like, changed. Mm-hmm. Meanwhile, two I'm towers, the new yeah. guy in Los Angeles. Yeah. I'm the latest dude that just signed up for at the agency. They've got people who've been on their roster for years. So when the world began to open up again, yeah, they began taking care of their people. Their people. I'm the new guy. And so all of a sudden it was like, well, I still have to eat and I still uh, yeah. have to take care of my kid. And so that's when it was like, what do I do now? Necessity, so, mother of invention. Necessity, mother of invention. So what I did was I, I, I leaned on what it is that I already knew. Yeah. Um, you know, coming from being a host. Yeah. Uh, one thing that um, 
I was really understanding it's like what a host wants. Yeah. So a friend of mine, he was an executive producer. He had done some stuff in Nickelodeon. He was doing a show out here for Fox. And he wanted me to come in to see if I could coach the host that they had for the right. show. Okay. So I came out there, and I was like, dude, it's kind of like either you have it or you don't. I mean, I can <laughs> try. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. You know what I mean? But, but I've been trying to learn for years. Dude, I mean, like, <laughs> but here's the thing. The thing you have is you've got improv skills. And yeah. honestly, that's really the biggest thing. Because yeah. when things happen, the teleprompter goes out, you still have to be able to wing it. That's why it. Carson was, like, so awesome. Right. You know what I mean? Yeah. If he could deal. He could talk to Robin Williams, or he could talk to the grandma with the potato chip shaped like Utah. Right. You right. know what I'm saying? Right. And so... Um, so, Great guest. Right. So so what I ended up having to do was uh, I couldn't really get through to this guy, but I said, well, look, why don't I watch your run-throughs right. and maybe write down some of the things that I would say? And we literally coined the phrase, you're going to write his ad-libs. Because he would look out at the the, the the stuff that was going on. I would type it into the teleprompter. I mean, I would give mm -hmm. it, write it, and then the teleprompter person would type it in. Yeah. And then he would read what I just, he would read my observations. Right. And he right. would say it there on camera so it looked like he was making it up. And all of a sudden I realized, well, I know how to write for hosts. And so yeah. that's how I started writing and then eventually started segment producing. Uh, and now I, and, and finally went back to my, my yeah. first love, which was games. Right, and now right. I'm, I'm a games producer. See that, and you never know where it's going to take you. And 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 going back to that moment here too, where your career maybe starts to change, you're faced with this. Uh, there, the, e, e, we're, you're a nice guy. I like to consider myself kind of a nice guy, but ego always can be at play. And if you're sitting there knowing, maybe in your head, I'm probably better than this host, but he's got the job. How much of a of just a, a spirit of service do you have, where you're like, I I am going to invest in this guy getting better, or this person getting better? Well, I got to tell you, I wish it was like that noble. Um, honestly, sure. it comes back to something else, which is a interesting pressure to, yeah. of motivation. Mm -hmm. And I mentioned it. We've been talking about him. I, I had a child. Right. You know what I mean? Uh, David was older. Um, his mother and I were we, mm -hmm. we, we, we were we were separated. And we were heading toward divorce. But I was still taking care of my son. Right. And, right. you know, making sure that I provided for him. So I was not going to let him suffer because I couldn't get a job hosting. So right. it was basically I'm going to make this thing work. I'm going to figure out how to make this work because these guys are willing to put me on their payroll. And right. as long as I'm on my payroll, I can continue to take care of what it is and yeah. who it is I'm responsible for. Yeah. So that was really it. That's well, that, that's the motivation. That's yeah. sometimes the motivation you need. And right. even though, look, David's journey is his journey and everything. But so I'm not saying he's just here to serve your story. But there's also some truth of like there's a purpose, a little divine purpose to him kind of forcing you to get through some hoops that maybe you right. wouldn't have gone through. Maybe right. you would have been that guy going, whatever, you're on your own. You suck as a host. <laughs> I can't imagine you doing that. Well, fun. here's the thing, though. We actually did sort of talk about that, the yeah. executive producer. And basically he had a development deal. Yeah. You know, So basically the network either pays you as a talent to do nothing or they pay you to work. Right. So basically they weren't going to continue to pay this guy to just sit at home. So they were yeah. going to use him, you know, come hella high water. This guy was mm -hmm. going to be their guy. Yeah. And so there was no getting around that. Contracts have been signed, deals have been made, blood had been shed. <laughs> so <laughs> that was going to happen. So, yeah. but here's the thing though. Yeah. You have your motivation, but you never know what your motivation is going to lead you to do. Yes. Uh, and, and, why, and how it's going to affect your future. Because yeah. once I got done with that, I never really thought about the fact that because I had hosted, I'm, I'm bilingual. I speak regular guy and I speak host guy. <laughs> You yeah, know? Yeah. And the next few shows that I got on, I literally was writing host copy. 
You know, That's and great. and that, that, you know, sometimes the executive producer would go, "Well, we wanted to say that," and I would go, "I would never say that." Mm-hmm. You know, that mm-hmm. kind of thing. Mm-hmm. Or 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 one 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 EP was uh, at E Entertainment had initial had an initial problem with me because I would always go, "Well, I want to meet the talent." And they go, "You don't need to meet the talent. You go in the writers' room." I said, "I cannot write." <laughs> For someone I don't know. So for someone I don't yeah. know. And she goes, we do it all the time. And I'm like, well, that's why your stuff all sounds the same. <laughs> that's why you suck. Sorry. <laughs> exactly. Sorry. <laughs> and so I always made it a point to like, it, and it got to be, I, I began insistent, got insistent upon it. I'm like, I yeah, got to yeah. meet you. Even if I just talk to him on the phone, you know, yeah. let's arrange a phone conversation. You know, we, let's talk for 15 minutes. I got to get in the head of this guy or this woman yeah. so I know how they sound, what their cadence is, you know, get a feel of like, even like we, you and I, pop yeah. culture, right? what, what do they reference what, what do what's they get? Some, get a feeling of what that what's yeah. important to them so would you you can re- weed that into the dialogue so it sounds like them it's not easy man it's not because i struggle with uh you know i can i can host my own shows left and right but not, when i was starting to produce and stuff at screen junkies like it, it, it was a, it, i ran into that wall a few times of me sitting in the corner going well i wouldn't have said it like that yeah yeah, but, but and you have to overcome that and yeah. make it make it better for them. Exactly. It's, I always think about what is what is best for the project. You know, yeah. what, what is best for what? How will this best serve the piece? Yeah. And so that, sorry, and I think it connects to good hosting uh, because good hosting is you're always in service to the show and the guests. Your name may be on the marquee, but it only works if you're serving the other folks. Oh, look, let me tell you something. Back back when my first gig at Nickelodeon, you know, yeah. a, a lot of times executives and studio heads have issues, or, right. or they're not, not issues. They're very understandably and justifiably cautious about making their talent happy. Sure. But for me, I realized, I was keeping it real, I'm like, this is the first time I've ever done this. I've yeah. never been on television before. Um, and here's what's going to happen. I was talking to the executive producer, a guy named Scott. And he came down from the control room, and I pulled him aside, and I said, I turned off my mic. I said, look, Scott, if I'm ever doing anything that's really wrong, I want you to come down. I want you to tell me what's up. I don't want you to think about, am I going to call my agent? You're not going to hear from the union. I want you to tell me, because here's what's up. At the end of the day, when the kid watches the show, they're not going to read the credits and go, oh, that Scott guy, he made a bad call. They'll sit at home and go, hey, Phil, you suck. And that. I didn't want to have happen. Exactly. Yeah. So let me know what I need to know so I can do what I need to do. Yeah. Don't don't That's... don't don't dance around it. Give me the truth. That's the only way it can make me better. Give me the truth. Great John Lennon song too. <laughs> but also, uh, let's talk about the hosting. Let's get in here. Uh, you you were uh, you're you're son of Baltimore, but uh, Orlando is where you found your your name and fame. I should say, right? Yeah, yeah, I did. I did. Um, so you're doing some comedy. You did stand-up, right? Yeah, man. I started out doing stand-up. I was working. Okay, so I, I went to college in Daytona Beach, a school called okay. Embry-Riddle, uh, okay. Aeronautical University, a mouthful. Great and football team. It right. really does. They, okay. It's called the Fighting Pilots. Uh, I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, I ended up getting a job in Orlando uh, yeah. working, you know, at a, at a company doing computer stuff, you know, yeah, what yeah. I majored in. Uh, then one night I just uh, decided to start doing stand-up. We were, the, the company went on strike and we had time. Nothing like, again, yeah. it's nothing like, yeah. it's interesting, again, just like how adversity leads you to the next thing. Adversity becomes, leads you to the next thing. It, it, That's becomes, the lesson. Exactly. Adversity, like, I never look at it as like, oh, man, this sucks. Why is this lightning? Why is this dark cloud over right, my head? Right, right. It's like, wow, with this dark cloud, what is it leading me to? You mm-hmm, know, so here mm-hmm. I am now. I'm on, I'm on, we're on strike. Uh, I, I can't pay my, my rent. Uh, and and uh, somebody goes, hey, they got open mic night. So I started doing open mic night. Fast forward, right. uh, I ended up doing stand-up comedy full-time. 
And it was right around the time that, remember the, the, the 80s comedy boom? Big boom. Huge, There was man. a brick wall for someone to stand in front of in every corner. Ken Knapps, like you would be like the new Robert Williams if you were doing stand-up in the 80s. Because yeah. all you had to do was just, you could tell fart jokes and you were a star. <laughs> 80s just like, uh, give me a brick wall and a yeah. microphone. Everywhere. And and let me Everywhere. smell some booze. And you were going to be doing stand-up. Yes, and, yes. So, so uh, I started doing stand-up. Then at that time, that's when... Disney started building their production studios, the Disney MGM studios the at big, the time. Yeah, yeah, in Orlando. And then, yeah, yeah, okay. and then Universal Studios started building the not just the park, but the actual working studios. Right. And so um, then around this time, again, look at look at how the circle of life comes together, Simba. So around this time, I'm doing stand-up comedy, okay? Yeah. Uh, uh, my, my, my ex-wife is, is, is now pregnant. I'm a, I, I need to get off the road. You know about the road. Yeah. You're on the road all the time. Now I need to be home because yeah. I'm about to be a dad and then bam, they're building these studios there and they needed audience warm-up guys. Ah, yes. Enter the Dragon. Uh-huh. And, and, and that's how I got my, my end into television. I was doing right. audience warm-up. Mm-hmm. Uh, I got an agent, which eventually, you know, led to, hey, I have an audition for this show on Nickelodeon. Right. So I went and did that. And so literally, I was able to still do what I was doing. Yeah. I was still doing stand-up comedy. I was still going out there, you know, every day, getting in front of, a, you know, instead mm-hmm. of being like a, a club full of like 150 people, it was a studio audience of 700 people. Yeah. And yeah. I was able to still do my thing, have fun, worked on the improv, because like when you have the audience brought in from parks like Disney and Universal, you're going to have 14-year-olds and you're going to have, you know, gray-haired grandmas in yeah. there. So you've got to be able to talk and relate to like everybody. You know, you've got to make sure that... Everybody's having fun. Yeah. Everybody gets what you're saying, and and nobody leaves offended, um, which the, which kind of helped hone me for for Nickelodeon. You yeah. know, uh, uh, you and, got the language of human. I you, got the. You, I, I learned how to speak humanese. You speak humanese exactly. Uh, I want to talk a little bit about the stand up, and then uh, we, we'll reset here on the other half. Uh, I really want to. Can't wait to get into some of the bigger stuff about your career. Uh, the stand up comedy. Uh, yeah, I. I, I I don't think we've ever had a chance to really talk about that. No, no. What what kind of comic did you become? What story were you telling on stage? How do you construct your jokes? All right, here's the deal. Um, I was apprehensive about doing stand-up yeah. because my issue was, and I, I said this to myself, and then I had family members say to me, I didn't see, look look at me. Look, yeah. I'm, I'm like the Ritalin poster child. I didn't see anybody <laughs> doing stand-up who looked like me, mm-hmm. who acted like me. Right. Okay. My guys, the mm-hmm. people that influenced me, two dudes. Okay. Well, three. One, Steve Martin. Yeah, that's why we're friends. Two, Howie Mandel. With okay. The, with the balloon on with the, the head. balloon and the big uh, hand, and the, the, the hand. Exactly. Thing, yeah. I mean, if you, if folks, if you go back and you take a look at the stuff, you will see how like hyperactive they were yeah, on yeah. stage yeah, yeah. and how all over the place it was. And then the last person was the late great Richard Jenny. I actually worked with yeah. him, and I watched Richard Jenny and I went out one afternoon mm. in Tampa Bay, mm. hung out all afternoon, just goofing off. And I'd already been, I already done two nights with him. We went back after hanging out, and he did an entire hour on what we did that day. Unbelievable. And I was like, he didn't write a line of that. Unbelievable. So those three guys kind of like made up what I decided to do. Mm-hmm. So I just mm-hmm. kind of went up and I figured out how can I go up there, you know, because again, everybody, you know, again, back then, the, the big stars, you know, yeah, they, yeah. they were like, you know, the Eddie Murphy's, the Richard Pryor's. Right. Uh, I think we had Simbad. Um, yep. Cosby was like a little, you know, too old for me. I didn't really, you know, get in it because I was, sure. you know, sure. but um, everybody that was out there that was black was kind of, you know, doing, you know, the microphone and the brick wall. Yeah. I was like the, the Steve Martin, like, you know, doing happy feet, you yeah, know. Yeah, yeah. 
Yeah. So yeah. Like, like, how would I do this? So I ended up basically taking my life experiences, you know, sure. stuff you're telling. And, and yet I would do it just like I'm talking to you right now, man. My hands would be moving. My mm. feet would be moving. If yeah. somebody over in the corner made a noise, I would grab the mic and go over there. What are you talking about? You know, yeah. I would just, and I just use, I, I work you, the space. You, yeah, yeah, yeah. I work the space. Because you, you are clearly a person with energy. So you know that's you. They, right. You know that's you. And right. that's who you are going to be on stage, which is hard to find. Right. I, I, 45 years, I'm just discovering who I am on stage. Yeah. Yeah. I, I heard you talking about like you sitting down with the, putting the, uh, the stool. Yeah. Yeah. And sit down for the first time, like, oh my gosh, you found your chill spot. Yeah. You know, that's that's yeah. Ken. I'm looking at you right now. You you know, you 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 talk fast and you think fast, right. but like, you know, your thing is like, hey, Phil, let me tell you something. Look at you right now. You fold your hands. Let me tell you something, Phil. You know? Let me, let me do the let me do the step there. <laughs> well, good Justin, tell me a story. Tell me a story, <laughs> Phil. Tell me a story. Exactly. Yeah, yeah. But I, you know, I I, I couldn't translate to that to the stage till 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 recently. Mm-hmm. How, uh, how how long? Why, why do you think it took you so long? Uh, co- lack of confidence in that particular area. Uh, and this is what I was talking the other day. I had a great conversation with my old pal uh, Christian Harloff in the show, The Big Thing. Check it out. Of What's just, up, Christian? Yeah, I'm just saying, like, like I was. I know I'm good at a lot of things. Uh, you know, I started radio at 18, so put me in front of a microphone, and maybe it's not always the best stuff, but I know I'm never, I'm never going to look bad. And but on stand up, I get up there, I am 12. Right. I am the guy who walked into the room, who who was picked on by the cool boys, uh, made fun of by the cool girls, and couldn't get anyone to listen to me. And finally, I'm realizing that's who I am. I got to tap into that because comedy is how I talk. I right. keep saying comedy is communication. Exactly. It doesn't mean you don't do stupid jokes every now. It doesn't mean you do silly stuff. But I am tell I am t- sharing my thoughts on the world through comedy. And I, I I was trying to be someone else on stage. Well, yeah, you're most you're most com- comfortable expressing it as yourself. You yeah. don't go out and become a character. That's the thing that's yeah. really the coolest thing about both comedy. And both hosting, mm-hmm, you know, mm-hmm. people, one person made a mistake one time of saying like, oh, you know, you go to cookouts, you know, now, yep. now I'm at the height of my Nickelodeon powers. You go, you you go to, you go to, you go to friends' homes and then you're being this, this crazy, loud, hyper guy and they go, you've got to excuse Phil. He's like that. He's, he's on TV. That's why he acts that way. I'm like, no, 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 no. No, 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 no! I, I'm not like this because I'm 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 on TV because this is how I this am. Is, yeah, it's the this reverse. is the stuff that I got in trouble for in school. Yeah, and yeah, now I, I get you. paid for this. So you got to tap in it. You just got to be real. Just whatever your thing is. That's why if somebody wants to go up and they want to like you know uh, do props, go ahead and do it. If you want to sit on a stool, go do it. You want to go cuss up a storm. I don't care. Do Whatever it is really is you. My thing was, I'm this, like, again, hyperactive man-child, mm-hmm. and I had to figure out how to make that work for yeah. me on stage or else I wasn't going to do it. Love this. I also am now picturing uh, Sheev Palpatine, Emperor Palpatine, going, unlimited Nickelodeon power. <laughs> I want that no, more than anything. No, 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 no. Unlimited <laughs> Nickelodeon <laughs> power. Which is why I think I fit at Nickelodeon. Again, I'm yeah. a 28-year-old man, Love but my that. brain is always like, like, can we play? Can we can play? Can we hyperactively play? And we are going to talk about how you played at Nickelodeon so well and made history doing so. But before we do that, I want to let you all know, speaking of stand-up comedy, I've got a show coming up very soon in this very fair city. It is at the Ha Ha Cafe on August 31st. And the headliner is friend of GPA, Daniel Bridge Gad, an up-and-coming, wonderful comic, great guy. I don't know why they use the chalice, uh, chalice, chalice, chalice. No, I added an H in there. A chalice picture uh, uh, up there as well. But it's going to be uh, 10 p.m. Uh, at the Ha Ha Cafe. Go to my website for tickets. Daniel Bridge Gad, an up and coming name in comedy. And we love that uh, he's uh, taken to us here at the GPA. Uh, and then, as, as, as announced, 
As announced, we broke the news uh, over on Harloff Show. I will be in New York in October on the Mark Ellis and Friends show. I don't even have a picture of that yet, Ikaika, but I will be there uh, uh, doing comedy in New York City, which is where weird because I have never actually done straight-up stand-up in New York City, so I haven't even lived yet, Phil. Oh, no, you haven't. Now, as a matter of no. fact, you know what? I actually told David, now that he's like, you know, moving up in the in the, in the showbiz yeah. world, I said, you got to work in New York just one time. And one he finally time. did like a, like two yeah, years okay. ago. Uh, yeah, when I started out being on the East Coast, <clears throat> I started yeah. out, of course, in Florida, but I did, you know, up and down the coast. Yeah, There was a, somebody in, in yeah. some, a club in, uh, in Atlanta, there's a club up in North yeah. Carolina, hit the New York, hit the D.C., you know, stop yeah. by, you, you let the family come see you in Maryland, <laughs> make your way back down, have yourself a gator tail. I <laughs> uh, love a good gator tail. I love, um, I had gator in New Orleans. Yeah. Weird time. Yeah. Me, <laughs> some screen junkies folks, and Casper Van Dien. Of Starship Troopers oh, had yeah. Gator in New Orleans. And it was spectacular. Uh, but what is spectacular is what you were able to accomplish over at Nickelodeon in the uh, early 90s, 92, 91 range, you said. Nick uh, I Arcade. did 10 years there. Nick Arcade was from 1990 to 1992. That is uh, 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 2002, you said. No, I did. Oh, I'm sorry. You said just... 10 years, and you said 1990, 1992. I was like, Phil. Oh, you're... hey, I, I'm doing bad math. I'm going to have to let you know that's only two. I'm sorry. I had too much poi. Um, <laughs> no, from 1990 yeah. to 1999 was my run. Nick Arcade was uh, from 1990 to 1992. Wow. Yeah. 1990, 1992. And then a ton of other Yeah, But Nick Arcade was kind of the first thing you come swinging out on. And I, I have it in the thumbnail here. I, I absolutely want to talk about this. You, you broke a barrier. You were the, you were the first uh, first black man to host a show on Nickelodeon, correct? No, I wasn't. No, no, I was not on Nickelodeon. But what we found out was what was it? I don't know that. I don't even remember the show. Like people ask me, you know, now nowadays, yeah. you know, '90s are, are are the new black. So yeah. now I go out to gaming conventions and cons and stuff, and everybody's like tells me more about Nickelodeon than I know. <laughs> I tell them, look. I never bothered to even watch Nickelodeon because I was a grown man. I know you thought I was 18. <laughs> and, and and three years prior to that, I should have been there watching Double yeah, Dare Double and you Dare. Can't do that on television that's what and I, Welcome that, Freshman. Those, those are my shows. But, but I was, a grown, I was yeah. a grown man. Not yours. I was out trying to make some, earn a living. <laughs> and so I never watched Nickelodeon at all until yeah. I got there. So I don't really know about anything. But I do know that there was somebody that was on it before. But no, the barrier that was interesting was yeah. in 1992, um, Nick Arcade was nominated for a Cable Ace Award. And for you kids playing at home, yeah. Cable Ace Awards is like an Emmy Award. But back then, there was a thing called cable television. <laughs> it was like streaming services on one device. And you all need to pay one bill. One bill. <laughs> but um, so, so they had it separate. Television got the Emmys yeah. and stuff on cable. Like HBO now gets an Emmy. But back then, HBO would get a Cable Ace Award. Cable Ace Award. So Nick Arcade was nominated for a Cable Ace Award. They flew us out to the, to, when I say us, the Two guys that created the show, mm -hmm. um, and myself out. We went to we went to the Cable Ace Awards, mm -hmm. and while we were out here, the powers at Viacom um, were able to get us into the NAACP Image Awards. Okay, and so we went to that, and so we you know they, somebody there did yeah. a little research on like you know why are we you know VIPing these guys in, right. and they're the ones that told us. That in 1992 and 1991, at that moment in time, yeah. I was the only black host on television. On Not the television. television. I mean, in America, like, like, yeah, like. I mean, you know, people were doing sitcoms and sure, there were sure, people, sure. you know, commentators on sports shows. But I'm talking about hosting your hosting. own show, and we all just kind of looked at you just like, wow. Mm. And the mm. weird thing is, and and the other guys, James Bethea and Karim Metef, who created the show, we've all talked about this a million times. The coolest thing about it all is like. 
they were just out to make a show. Yeah. And I was sure. out just to host it. Yeah. But it's interesting how in the midst of just focusing on a certain goal, once again, something yes. else gets established from it. Something it leads to something else. And yeah. all of a sudden, we didn't realize what what, what we were doing. Yeah. We were just a bunch of guys, a couple of three Dude, nerds. Three, three, three nerds, nerds trying to play game is a video game. <laughs> That's what I want to do. Uh three nerds trying to trying to play some video games on TV. Yeah. And we realized that we were like, you know, making sort of like television history yeah. quietly in a little corner in a swamp next to Disney. Well let's shine a spotlight on it because this is something that I think should be both celebrated, but also I always say this, and I I bring it up a lot with uh, Jackie Robinson breaking the color barrier in baseball in 1947, and he should be and is championed and sh- will be to the end of time, but then so often by the same owners that put the barrier in front of him, mm-hmm. uh, <laughs> and, and, which is a weird it's a yeah. weird thing to have. Yeah. Uh, the 90s is not that long ago, no. Phil. No. Not that long ago. I, we were alive. We were alive. Yeah. <laughs> I was alive. Um, so... Upon learning that, because clearly, I, and I totally respect and get where you're coming from, of like, yeah, we had our heads down doing great work, and that's, a, I love that you're equating that to this journey of like, you know, you never know what, I always say, the one of the reasons I love Star Wars is Star Wars is 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 telling you that the journey you want to be on has already begun. Right. Uh, that's a lot of what the characters are feeling, Ray and Luke, and they, love the, they yeah. go through that a mm-hmm. lot. Uh, even Anakin and his coming of rage story, like, he's you're already on it. Right. And a lot of times we are waiting, and it's like, no, no. No, it's already started. You, don't you, you realize? It's, You're going. Yeah. You're sitting. Starter uh, piston went off. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Um, so so you're on it. Yeah. Uh-huh. That's great. Uh, at that moment, take me to this moment. Maybe even literally, maybe you're holding a drink at like a lobby mixer at this NWACP Awards, and someone <laughs> says, by the way, you're the only black host right now on TV in, in America. America. What, what's, your, what's your brain think in all directions there at that moment? I stopped and I looked over. And by the way, both uh, one of the the creators of the show is, mm. is a, a, a black gentleman, also. Okay. And so we all just looked at each other and was like, "Okay, someone dropped the ball." Because mm-hmm. we really mm-hmm. felt like we should have been celebrating more the event that we were attending, right, as opposed right. to being participants watching the celebration right. of the event that we were attending mm, um, mm. because if we didn't know that, I mean, no one knew that. Right. A- and, and yet it was kind of interesting to know that, that, that it wasn't on something major. It wasn't on a, the, the next big ABC show. Yeah, yeah. It wasn't a massive thing happening, you know, on, on HBO. It yeah. was like a little fun game show in a corner of Slimeville, <laughs> <laughs> you know, and, and we were just <laughs> quietly doing our thing. But I got to tell you, uh, and this, yeah. is, this is where I give interesting credit to, the, the organization mm-hmm. the way it was back then. Okay. Uh, because I when I when I got into the business, somebody asked me, like, do you want to be an actor one day? I'm like, I, I, I don't really think so. Right. Um, right. But if I did, I would want to do, like, something like maybe Ferris Bueller's Day Off. And then I started running down a bunch of, like, really back to the future. And I'm like, why? I said, well, I don't know. The guy is just a guy. Right, it, it, right, it right. It's not, it's not, it's not, you know, it doesn't yeah. matter what color he is. Right. He's just a guy. You know, right. and um, and so I would want to do a, sh- a, a part that was energetic and fun and over the top and just be a guy. Yeah. And everyone at Nickelodeon between the years 1990 and even before, because they, had, they hadn't yeah. been there before. I'm talking about when I got there. Everyone that I met and worked with from 1990 to the time I left in 1999, that's where their head was. It was such a colorless place. Gotcha. Uh, and you know nowadays, gotcha. nowadays for the 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 right reasons, mm-hmm. people make sure that we add diversity. But what was yeah. really special about that time is 
no one was thinking about let's be diverse because we have to do it. Yeah. They just said, let's just put people in because this is how our planet looks. Yeah. It's reflecting to the, the, you look the at people the cast, watching. Right. You look at the cast of all that. You look at the, yeah. the cast of, 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 of so many other shows. You look at all of the panelists that were on Figure It Out. You look at everybody was on it. All of the contestants yeah. that came on the gust. Everybody was just a person. Yeah, yeah. Reflective of what you see when you look out your eye sockets into your world. Yeah. And it didn't really feel like it was an agenda. Yeah. It was just done because it was the right thing to do. Yeah, no, I, I think it's a fascinating way to look at it because even in building uh, security departments like I did, where it's like uh, you want to make sure you're reflecting the people you're serving, literally who's walking around because who you're seeing. And I think where it, where it fails is you look out and see and go, yeah, one yeah. way, yeah. <laughs> one way behind yeah. me. Uh, and, and that's and that's where we're, we're at making some some maybe some uh, corrections or whatever you want to say. Right. Yeah. We can talk about today times, but I uh, I I I don't want I I don't want anyone to be like. Like I even had this argument with the mother of just like she's like, well, I don't see color. I'm like, I do believe you should see, no, so you you should, can, you should see yeah. and be aware of all the other stories. Right. But what you're saying is that was what was the case. If we they were aware of we all saw the other stories, all of it, and they just they it. just cast everything from the people that were in front of the camera to the people that were behind the camera mm. based on based on what you saw when you looked at at the world, which yeah. was which was amazing. Yeah, uh, and and I it, it was refreshing at the time to think that it wasn't contrived. Yeah, there was there was sincerity. To it, it was not disingenuous. It was. It was I, I really get you on that there. And then, so, did, did upon getting this information, did you guys go back to the office and suddenly Bill, like, should, should we do? We, how do, do we do? We be serious? Oh, dude, we how, did not. Uh, no. How do we carry this responsibility? No, no, no. Yeah. no but the problem, the thing is, they wanted to be more serious than we were. You know, because all of a sudden, <laughs> yeah. we, we got we get back we get back uh, to, to the East Coast, uh, and and all of a sudden, like you know, oh, somebody's head's gonna roll, and da 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 da. da. Yeah. And we're like, hey, we're back. We had a, you know, we went out to the coast. We had a few laughs. <laughs> But New York, the, the corporate uh, office. He's talking New- about moonlighting. No. <laughs> oh, okay. You went there. Yeah. Um, yeah. Uh, but but the, the corporate office is like, whose head's going to roll? Who didn't wear that? We're, yeah. We were just happy to find out the information. We considered it a missed, missed opportunity. Sure. You know, we didn't have any plutonium, so we couldn't go back in time. <laughs> so we just had to, like, let it lit, l- live where it lived. Yeah. But the thing that was great, again, was yeah. now the company was aware to be mindful of these things. Yeah, yeah. You know? To look for. So, right, to look for it, to make sure, to, to check the to check out not just what the world looks like, yeah. but, but what's the pulse of the world, too. Yeah. You know, what's the significance yeah. Of what's going on in the world, and how is Nickelodeon uh, being a part of that? How are they helping drive that? How are they helping inf- influence that? Being you know, out in front good. of it when they can, or being with it—that's that's a great point too. Yeah. yeah. And look, here's the—I made the joke, I made the reference. The reason I, t- I talk about this, uh, 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 the a uh, that era, 1990, not long ago. I mean, it really—it's longer than I'd like it to be. <laughs> um, but yeah, it's fascinating. In '87, Doug Williams is uh, starting. Uh, quarterback for Washington in the Super Bowl, breaking that barrier, that's not long ago. No. And so maybe people weren't looking, you know, they just, I don't know. I don't know the answer to yeah, that. I, I, I just, I just, I'm always fascinated with that because in my lifetime, it's, I make the, it's, it's a joke, but I make, you can look back at, uh, I was born in 76, Martin Luther King uh, uh, left us in 68, and it's easy to go, well, all that happened and what well, we saw, racism, the, the pictures in black and white, it's ancient history. <laughs> uh, I didn't learn about that till the 80s. It's not long ago. Exactly. It's yeah. not long yeah. ago. Uh, so I, I, I get maybe why no one was looking around. At right, time. exactly. And nobody was looking around, but they realized the historic significance of of something that was just, mm-hmm. you know, three guys going to work, two in yeah. the control room, 
went on the stage floor. Uh, so uh, it was Love it was it. good. I, and and this is what I so corny. I've said this a million times. I'm the corniest on, on of the corniest. Podcast, and I've said this at like conventions. But seriously, like '90s Nick was a really magical time. It was like yeah. really. It was like everything was in tune. Everything was gen. I, I had a conversation. Like, let me tell you how like yeah. real how real everything was. I love um, it. I had a conversation years ago, back in the nineties, with uh, Arlene Klosky, who was the co-creator of the Rugrats. Yeah, and we were just sitting around talking. We were in her car. We were driving through Hollywood, and we were heading somewhere. And she said, "I said, you know, the kids. What 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 did you base the kids on?" She goes, "My kids." I'm like, really? She goes, yeah. She goes, you know, if you take a look at things like that you saw already and like on the Disney Channel, everybody's like pretty and clean. And pristine. She goes, Mike, Mike, she said, when my son came out, I said, look at that head. You got lumps and bumps on that head. And so Tommy Pickles, <laughs> Tommy Pickles. Was, was, was based off of her pigeon-toed, lumpy, bumpy head kid because... <laughs> It was real. That that was real. Does that cause that kid use that as, at a party later on to pick up someone? Like I'm Tommy Pickles. I'm Tommy. Feel the bumps. You know? <laughs> Feel the bumps. You want to see me walk? Watch, watch the watch. toes, baby. Watch the toes. Oh man, yeah. Uh, speaking of nineties, when I, uh, 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 Troy with the super chances, Phil was great on Nick Arcade. I watched that show so much that I still randomly hum the jingle that plays when Mikey walks around his neighborhood. I gotta make up a song. I can that song because I would make up the song. I would add lyrics to the song yeah. randomly, and I would yeah. make them up on the spot. I was the original Who's Liners in anyway. Um, yeah, uh, just yeah, make it absolutely. The song, the song would sing. The, uh, we'll the song would kid, play, yeah. and I would just make up words. <laughs> you talk about Nick being uh, this great time and everything in tune. What was the magic elixir? Just just some of the stuff you're talking about of them looking in the world and trying to be uh, driving force and reflecting the audience. That's pretty big and powerful. But what? You know, we got lumpy heads. We got powerful stuff. <laughs> what put Nick in tune? Because I was an '80s Nick kid. Yeah. You meant you can't do that on television. Right. My favorite cast member, Alanis Morissette, yeah, on the I, show. Yeah, all right, uh, she was there exactly. one season. Mm -hmm. um, uh, uh, all those things. Uh, uh, and yeah, Double Dare, Finders Keepers. Mm -hmm. 90s, and I watched a little bit of it, but I was, you know, I was in high school. I was like, I don't know who this Phil Moore is, but yeah, I'm not watching I'm that. Not that. Video games. <laughs> the guy sings all the yeah, time. What's wrong come with Come on, him? I'm going to stay in my room and be a virgin forever. Come look on. At those, look at those sweaters. What is wrong with him? <laughs> it's a Phil Moore sweater is what it is. Um, well, yeah, what was, what's what's part of the magic well, elixir? Maybe you can't define it. Well, I, 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 here's what I kind of think sometimes. Uh, I, I, 20 years after everything was done, mm -hmm. I got together in New York City with uh, one of the guys that created the show. He mm -hmm. lives up there. And uh, we were having lunch. Just having a slice of New York pizza. Okay. Sitting down talking. Okay. I prefer right the New York hot dogs, but we can have the pizza. You know, yeah, I never had, I, you know, yeah. I hadn't had one in a while. I said, I got to have one. We're sitting down talking, and I said, well, you know, now, as a producer, sometimes I find myself on the other end of the the, the, the casting table. Mm -hmm, you know, mm -hmm. I'm the guy sitting back there watching people come in and audition, wow, yeah. and I try to make it easy for them, da-da-da-da-da. I said, but I asked him, I said, I've never asked you this. In 20 years, I never asked you, why did you pick me? Wow. And this comes down to, like I said, when you said, what's the magic elixir? Yeah. And, and it, it was in him. And, of course, you know, not one person makes the decision. Yeah. I keep talking about how the minds worked back then in the corporate area of, of Nickelodeon and Viacom. He said, <clears throat> it said that, he said, well, we got down to the final screen test, mm -hmm. and it was just me and another guy. Okay. okay? And we, they brought us in separately, and they brought us in on the set. At the time, um, uh, my good buddy Michael Malley, who hosted Guts, yeah, yeah. he had done a show called Get the Picture. And they, were, they had a portion of his set assembled. By the way, when you folks see that on YouTube— don't tell me they did it with somebody else. That was just a run-through pilot they did with a producer before they hired me. Yo, man, I get so many tweets. Guess what I found? Yeah, I know. 
<laughs> we found the run through. The run through. Every show does a run through. Everyone. Anyway, uh, yeah, so anyway, I, I uh, saw some of that online. <laughs> it's researching today. Yeah. So anyway, um, um, but they brought yeah. me in and they brought they brought us in separately. Yeah. So the other guy goes in. He went first. He did a screen test. Was it was a full run through? They hired kids to be contestants. Right, right. They did. And they gave us, you know, they gave us. The, by this time, we had gone through multiple auditions, right. so we had already gone through the process. So then I asked them, "So why me? Was I better than the other guy?" And they went, "Nah." I'm like, "What? Yeah. <laughs> was was yeah. it? Did I? Did the other guy make a big mistake that like X them out?" And he went. No, nah, he was brilliant, man. He was absolutely great, man. We loved him. We were trying to figure out how to put him on another Nick show, and I was like, "Well, well dang, what?" Why'd you guys hire me? Was it affirmative yeah. action? What, what, <laughs> what was it? He said, whenever the other guy, when they got to the stop, and you know, you, yeah. sometimes you got to change batteries. Sometimes it's a tech problem. Sometimes you just got to take a pee break, but yeah. you stop for a minute. The other guy, when he got done doing a brilliant job, he would go over the, his cards. He would look over the notes. He would go make sure that everything was ready. So when it was time to go, he was perfect. Mm -hmm. I said, wow, you're, you're really convincing it me why you chose me. <laughs> Why, why'd you pick me? He goes, every time we start with you, you'd put down your cards and you go sit with the kid, sit over with the kids and talk. Oh, wow. Yeah. He's like, it was like, it was for you. It was like, we realized if you flubbed a line, like I just did, if you yeah. stumbled over your words, that didn't matter. You wanted to make sure that you were connecting with the kids and you were, and I never thought of it like that. Yeah. I just like, when I got done, I would look at their faces and they would look terrified. Yeah. Because even for a run through, you know, it's not normal for a 12 year old to be thrown into an ice cold air conditioned room, yeah, yeah. have a wire shoved up their back, through, you know, have <laughs> lights and cameras on them, somebody putting makeup on them and then go act natural. There's act nothing natural. natural about that. Yeah. You know? Yeah. And I was watching them sort of freak out. So I would put down my cards and I would go over and I would just kind of go, so how's it going? Uh, how do you think we're doing? Da, 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 da. That last question, blah, 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 blah. I was just talking with them and they stopped and said, well, there you go. So yeah. that guy, he really likes kids, and he really likes having fun. And so the decision to choose me was based on just Nickelodeon's decision to go with somebody that fit connecting with the real world. And, and, and again, first of all, we can reveal here for the first time. I was the other host. I auditioned, <laughs> and I almost got it. I was, I was 12. I was 12 years old. <laughs> I almost got it. I said, you need a host whose voice has changed. <laughs> Hi, guys. Welcome to Nick Arcade. We're going to play this today. Where's Mikey going today? Yeah. And I just didn't connect with the kids. But there again, Phil, this theme keeps emerging in your life. You are being who you are. You're being, you're, you're connecting with those around you. You're taking your energy and putting it places where it needs to be. And you're not doing it on purpose. You're doing it because it's you. Right. And look where that leads. Well, and that's what every, I think people need to do. I mean, you know, yeah. you talk about stuff. You get serious. Here's my serious face. Mm -hmm. Here's my serious face. Again. Okay. Uh, but like. It's it, also a sexy face. Yeah, thank you very much. Mm -hmm. I just shaved for you. <laughs> I saw the picture you put up there. By the way, the picture that he had yeah, yeah. as your little thumbnail, it was like I had had a fro during COVID, <laughs> and I got cut my fro back, I cut cut it back down to like this, and I just trimmed up my mustache and goatee. So I took a picture and I sent it to a bunch yeah. of my friends and went, "Look at me, Phil is back." <laughs> and Ken goes, "That's the picture I'm going to put on here." <laughs> so I it's mean, like Ken Napsack in his white shirt and jacket, and Phil going, "I am too sexy, too sexy, <laughs> no, no, too sexy." <laughs> Look, man, I got to find the photos that work. And it, it was a beautiful photo. You're a beautiful man, and it was a beautiful photo. That's what oh I needed. Oh, my gosh. That's what I needed. Cracking up. But, um, but, but that's, anyway, what I'm saying is, yeah. like, people are different. And, and I just came up. I'm, I'm going to fast forward to the gig I just came from. Okay. Uh, I worked with this other producer. They had two producers, challenge producers on the show. And we are, like, night 
end day. Mm -hmm. And we talk about how sometimes we like get frustrated with each other because our approach to doing the work is mm -hmm. so different. Yeah. But he's successful at doing what he does, and I'm successful at doing what I does, and we meet the needs of the show, yeah. although our approach to doing it are totally different. Yeah. And if I try to do it his way, man, I'm going to suck all kinds of butt. And mm -hmm. if he tries to do it my way, well, he'll never get any sleep. Yeah. <laughs> you know. But we just kind of stop and go, look, we respect the work. We respect mm -hmm. what it is we're doing. We respect what it is we're, we're trying to achieve. Yeah. And we just settle in. And it doesn't matter how anybody else is doing it. The guy who's sitting at the desk right across from me is doing it entirely different. Yeah. And it doesn't matter because as long as we're delivering the thing on time, we can come and approach it our way. And, like, again, so many people get wrapped up in, like, there's a sort of a way you should do things. You know, life mm -hmm. does have rules. Yeah, rules, yeah. But, but I like that. to think of it more. Life has protocols. That's, That's it. good. That's really C3PO more C-3PO would agree with that. Exactly. You know, yeah. and life has protocols. And sometimes you can bend the rules as long as you yeah. maintain the protocol. Yeah. Yeah. That's a great way to look. You're a good dad. You're a good dad. <laughs> uh, we are almost to our final segment of the show. But before we leave this conversation about Nickelodeon here, uh, how, how do you feel about, in terms of just... Legacy, not that you're, you know, you're Palpatine looking for your legacy, but like when you when you meet fans who grew up with you, who probably saw you at 5, 10, 12, 15 as they grew up with you on the show and the things I'm sure they say are nice to you. Uh, how does that make you feel about what you have put out there and helped with a new generation going it, forward? It's the best thing in the world. And look, it's, it's funny. I'm sorry. I got to scratch no, my head. Scratch one, of, one of the things that I do. If I was closer, I'd do it for thank you. Thank you. Very, <laughs> is the dandruff fly. Um, <laughs> uh, one of the things that I, I've learned from this experience is it's extremely humbling mm -hmm. um, because mm -hmm. you don't know, again, as you're doing what it is you do, if you do it genuinely, if you're true to yourself and you're out, you know, trying right. to just make, 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 make your place in the world and make a better world while you're doing it, um, you don't know how it's affecting everybody. You, mm -hmm. you just don't. No. And I get people to come with me, that, you know, that talk to me like, like uh, the young, one, one young lady met, came to see me at a con and she's yeah. like, I am a software writer for uh, EB Games. Mm -hmm. And she goes, growing up, though, I used to watch you and my brothers wouldn't let me play video games because that was for boys. Mm. But then I see you had girls on the show. Yeah. She goes, and now I actually write you know, video games. Right games. Um, there's a guy who is, um, I don't know if I if, yeah. if you say his name, but but he is an uh, audience warm-up okay. for a major celebrity mm -hmm. uh, on a, you know, a, several huge shows that are on TV right now. And he was actually a contestant on the show. Mm. And, and now that he's a grown man, he's out here in Hollywood, you know, just, you know, running the lots almost. Yeah. He said that, I was on your show as a contestant, and I came back, and I was telling my family all the time I wanted to be a host. But they said, "Well, no, you you can't. You're a little you're a little chocolate boy here in 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 uh, Daytona Beach, Florida." Right. And he said, "And I was on a show with a guy who looked like me, right. doing what I want to do. And now yeah. he's like travels the world doing audience warmer for all of these major shows." Uh, because he stopped and said, I looked at you and you were doing what it is I wanted to do. Yeah. And even my own story, I, I left this part out, but it's really, sure. really important. Um, the thing that moved me to go from doing stand-up uh, and, and audience warm-up to actually being on TV was actually because of the late, great uh, Dick Clark. Now, I, you know, Hollywood has its stories about people and people who work with, you know, yep. oh, they were this, they were that. But I was doing an audience warm-up 
for one of the other incarnations of Let's Make a Deal. Right. And, um, you know, they have the Zonks on the show. Yeah. It was shooting at the Disney MGM Studios. Mr. Clark was there. I never met him. He'd come here every day. I'd never met him. But right when we got to go to the big deal, I'd already done my best shtick. Yeah, I'd, already, I'd already you know, schmoozed the audience. The big deal, and we go home. Goodbye, folks. <laughs> All my best bits are done. Done. And then I get, the stage manager comes over and says, Phil, we're going to need you to stretch. The elephant just took a dump in the back end. <laughs> we got to clean that up. I'm it's like, an elephant oh. dump. I'm like, well, how long is it going to take? Yeah, it's going to take 15 minutes. I said, I got five more minutes to stick. <laughs> the, the truck's on the way in. <laughs> yeah. So I have to go out there and I have to now keep the audience engaged, pumped up, right. ready to go, not wanting to leave. And when I got done and everything was, we, we went back to taping. Uh, I, the stage manager says, Phil, come over here. And I walk over there, and he hands me a microphone. He goes, Mr. Clark wants to come out and thank the audience. I'm like, ooh, I get to meet Dick Clark. Yeah. So I you know, go out, and I do this wonderful, glowing, ladies and gentlemen, blah, 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 please your hands together, Dick, Mr. Dick Clark. He comes out, and I hand him the mic, and I step away. And as I step away, he grabs my hand, and he brings me back in. And he goes, you know, folks, first of all, thank you for being here, blah, 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 all the nice little gratitude yeah. things. He goes, you know, most of the time when something like this happens in the control room, we're normally going crazy. We're biting our nails thinking it's going to be a horrible time. But I never had more fun in this situation mm. than I've had in watching this young man do his thing. I mean, yeah. put, give a big hand for Phil Moore. And I stopped, and I went, yeah. this cat. That's Dick Clark. This cat, this is Dick Clark. And from this day forward, I talked to everybody. David, David will tell you. Okay. Sometimes he goes, Dad, you don't have to answer every <laughs> every direct message. Yes, I do. If they DM me, I got to talk back. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Because, because you never know just like what a kind word. Mm-hmm. You never know what a pat on the back. You don't know how any positive and affirming comment will change the direction of your life. When I went home, mm. I called my agent and I told her the whole story. I said, if Dick Clark says mm. I'm good, maybe I should be maybe I should be in front of the camera. Yeah. She goes, Are you sure? I said, Yeah. Start sending out start sending me out to auditions. I would never have said that yeah. if this one guy didn't come over out of his own time and just for no just Whoa. say, hey guy, you know, Love it. Thumbs up. And so I'm thumbing up everybody, man. That that Thumb that is why I'm, I know it sounds really weird. No, <laughs> you know, new on Spectre Vision, <laughs> thumbing up, up everybody. <laughs> uh, that's hilarious, but no, that's amazing. I mean, Dick Clark. I mean, that's amazing. But also, again, what's the theme in your life, dude? Jill? You never know the power of your words. You never know the you power. You never of the words. know the power of your words. And, and being who you are, and, being who you are, and focusing on the moment yeah. is going to lead. He to basically someone. said, "Hey, it's okay to be you." And I said, "Okay, well, how could I take me?" I call yeah. my agent. How do I take me to the next level? I'd like to go to the next level. Who? Yeah. Me. Uh, this has been fascinating stuff. We're not quite done. It's our final segment of the day. We call it To Tell the Truth here. Tell the truth. You need a chorus. Some strings, maybe. Tell the truth. You got to tell the truth, baby. So you had mentioned it, and I was wondering if you were going to mention it, but you did work as an audience warm-up entertainer, which is not easy. But one of the shows you did, correct me if I'm wrong, is MTV's Remote Control. Oh, man, yeah. So I grew up on Remote Control. This is Colin Quinn. It's his basement. It's his rules. Please welcome Mr. Ken Oba. Give me some dirt. Who was more grumpy off camera, Dennis Leary, Colin Quinn, Adam Sandler? Uh, 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 Dennis Dennis Leary. <laughs> ah, of course. Dennis Leary. I love uh, Adam Larry. Sandler was great. Colin Quinn was great. Uh, Steve Trikas, uh, Kendall. Yeah. Th- that literally, Steve, Kari did the Kari Warhol did the, uh, did the, she, yeah. well, basically she just, 
She mm. just looked great. She, uh, she yep, was wonderful. Uh, uh, Ken, uh, mm. it was interesting because that was my uh, that was my uh, introduction into working for TV. Remember, yeah. I said I did audience. I, I just yeah. did stand up, and then I was about to you know become a dad, so I needed to like that work. was the one. So the first gig that I had at the Disney MGM Studios to get me off the road so I could be there. When my son was born, was doing audience warm up for MTV Spring Break Remote Control. Remote Control. That's the best. Da, 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 That's da, the da, best. Da, 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 da. I love. I, I'm a big fan of Colin Quinn. I'm a big fan of Dennis Leary yeah. uh, it, it, as a comic in, uh, in a way. That's fantastic to yeah. me. And he, I would want him to be the most grumpy. <laughs> well, I wouldn't yeah. want him to be, especially back then. Just, <laughs> I, I, can't you hear me knocking? Yeah. I'm coming at that. You Leary. know what? You know it's funny. Yeah. It, in a weird kind of way, now having this conversation with you and realizing yeah. you have this. Like you know, affection for a man. He's like you, but like, like on Red Bull. <laughs> <laughs> that's great. He's you on Red Bull. I've had I just, I've had that. That's new. I'm gonna add that. To, and then my my old uh, Groundlings director pulled me aside. She's like, God, you remind me of Conan O'Brien. Weird, quiet in the back of the room. You don't talk to anybody, and you just do your thing. Yeah, <laughs> I'll take yep. it. I'll yep. take it. All right, that's a great one there. Uh, you had a long. You have, you have had and continue to have a long career in entertainment. We talked about a great deal, which means if you've had a long career in entertainment, you have survived failure enough to still be around. What's the secret to surviving failure in this business and life? Because we're all going to experience it at yeah. some point. Enough. Yeah. Here comes um, the judge. Here, here it is. I, I, for me, I can only speak for myself. Okay. Um, it is to, in a weird sort of way, people always say, forget the past, move forward, you know, mm-hmm. kill it if you have to. Sure. Um, yeah. Yeah. But, but honestly, it is the reflection on that I've been in a situation where things, you know, the well drives up for a minute, mm-hmm. the industry stops for a minute, things go wrong, you, you get divorced, you know. Yeah. Stuff happens. But when I was doing it, something fantastic preceded it. Mm. And then, and mm. and and what seemed like forever, but really not that long, the, the the sun came out again. Yeah. So it's not. It's like not forgetting that even though stuff happens all the time, I've got through. I've gotten through it before. Yeah. And came on on the other side. And if you're really smart, mm-hmm. you'll learn something from it. Yeah. It's different for different people. What I is it you're this. supposed to learn from it? I don't know. Sometimes it could be coincidence. Sometimes it could be perfect. Yeah. You know, like I said, I came out here, man. I was trying to become a host out here. And, and now I'm enjoying a life as a producer because I couldn't get the gig. Yeah. And that would normally send people packing, heading back home. Mm-hmm. But it was like, well, no, I was doing great before. So things were going all right. It's, nobody said it was going to be like just sunshine and lollipops, man. Mm. You know, so mm. I always say in a weird sort of way, I kind of remember the past. I remember the past successes and how in the midst of those, those were, there were some valleys. And I yeah. got out of it before. So it's, it's going to happen again. It's going to happen again. You've also touched upon one of the core themes of The Last Jedi, how you deal with the failures of your past. Do you run from it? Do you want to destroy it? Or do you want to learn from it, overcome it, and move forward. Yep, yep, Man, look, I got, it's I, like Star Wars is deep as exactly. is Fillmore. Look, I, there's one more thing that, that's yeah. really kind of made a weird difference and it, since you mentioned uh, a Star Wars quote. Yeah. For me, uh, it, it's a Jurassic qu- a Jurassic Park quote. Okay. Because it's about, Oh, a kike is going to be happy. It's about the decisions that you decide to make when you're dealing with stuff. And it's yeah. the line that Ian Malcolm makes when he goes, he goes, uh, yeah, but uh, you were so busy trying to figure out if you could do a thing, you never stop to think if you should. Yeah. Yeah. Because everybody likes to go, I'm grown, I can do what I want. Well, yeah, but but should you do that? Should you? You know, oh, I can do, I can do, I can I, I can just head on back and do it. Yeah, but you know what? Should you do that or should you look for a different way, maybe? Mm. 
you know. Yeah, I like so. this. Ikaika, was that a good uh, uh, Jeff Goldblum? Yes. There you go. Good quote. Uh, good uh, quote. You, 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 you plan on having dinosaurs uh, uh, on this dinosaur tour, right? Hello? Hello? <laughs> I really hate Lessons. that man. <laughs> <Lessons> <laughs> to be found. What a wonderful conversation, Phil. I cannot thank you enough. Final question. If you had to face David Moore one-on-one in Josh Brady here on the Good People Association, who would win? David Moore who? David Moore, filmmaker, up-and-coming filmmaker, uh-huh. son of the great Phil Moore. Uh-huh. What would you, what would oh, you do? Oh, I, I would lose. You would lose. I would lose. Oh, look, 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 look. Let me tell you something. Okay. David is an interesting human being with respect to how he's put together because he literally, somehow, yeah. the universe gave him the best of his mother and I yeah. without giving him our crap. <laughs> I love it. Because here's the thing. Here's a, here's a guy who can, like, pick up the microphone mm-hmm. and sing, like, the love child of Justin Timberlake and Usher. Wow. But then he can pick up a camera or create something and do his thing yes. behind the scenes in production. Now, I do production. Yes. His mother is a former opera singer. We both couldn't get along because we had a bunch of crap. <laughs> and somehow, somehow the universe sifted out our crap and said, you can have this piece and you can have this piece, David. Now go. Go, <laughs> go forth and right. be perfect. Right. I got one thing. She's got one thing. He's got it all. I'm uh, losing a heartbeat. I don't think I've ever, okay, I don't think I've ever heard David sing, so I think we'll have that happen, Oh, too. dude, you kidding? I don't think I have. Call ever. him up. Pick him up. Call him right now. Okay. Okay. <laughs> I'll, I'll have to give him a ring and get his sing. Phil, this has been everything it was cracked up to be, everything I wanted to be, and more. You're an amazing person, always fun, and, and, and the true L.A. thing of getting to know people better over a podcast or a show, that's just kind of what we have to do, because we're always working. We're always we're working. Always working. Always working. But I uh, hope to know you for a long time and even more uh, after today. I think Thank you very much for coming in. Oh, man, my absolute pleasure. I'm, I'm at your next barbecue, whether you like it or not. Uh, I absolutely. <laughs> I'll tell you how to get in the back gate. It's always unlocked. Uh, a lot of fun. Uh, we got your Twitter down below, at Phil Moore for you. Anything else you want to talk about, Plug? Uh, no, that's it. I mean, you know, I just got back from doing one thing, and uh, I told you I was late today. Yeah. I'm about to jump on a, a new show. Uh, awesome. uh, I don't know if we can talk about it yet. It's going to sure. be for NBC, but th- some more game producing. Love more it. fun and games. More fun and games with <laughs> Phil Moore. That is it for me right now. Another episode. Like I said, take a little break. I do some traveling, so we'll come back in late September with some more Ken Goes Live. And thank you so much for supporting this show. I love kind of bringing an old-style Dick Cavett, if you will, uh, in a new age, hanging out with all of you, finding the deep themes and lessons behind all of our lives, and hanging out a little bit here as well and singing along with some silly songs. We'll see you next time here on Ken Goes Live on the Good People Association. Bye, friends. Thank you.